Hi guys, welcome. Happy summer. Hope you've been able to be enjoying the beautiful weather. I'm a summer person, if that wasn't obvious by the intro, so this is my time. So I hope you guys have been able to be enjoying some of that. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been following for a little bit, welcome back to another episode of Singled Out, a podcast where we discuss the difficulties of being single in the Jewish community as well as ways of making the most of it. We live in an age where we have access to so many voices, which although may broaden our perspectives in a lot of ways, also makes it a lot harder to hear our own. And if any of you struggle with being indecisive like me, this really becomes an issue when trying to form your own opinions and decisions. Whether that's deciding to attend an event you were invited to but really don't want to go to, giving someone another chance on a date when you absolutely didn't feel anything, and oh my gosh, the Jewish guilt that goes there, taking a job in a place that you're pumped about but intimidated by, you name it. In this episode, we get to hear from Ariella Azaroff, LCSW, on how to break through the noise and really get to the heart of that. To understand how to get to the core of learning what thoughts we're experiencing are just our anxious mind or really our inner voice trying to tell us something deeper. And just as a shout out to my male listeners, the wording used in this episode is definitely a little bit more female focused just because we kept giving examples from the female perspective, but it can totally be relatable and relevant to your own dating and personal lives as well. So with that being said, let's get into it. Good. How are you? It's so good to see you. Thank you for having me on, Zalava. This is like, this podcast is gold. It's like <laughs> so many people. It's so important. Thank you. No, I really appreciate that. I'm super excited to have you on. I feel like I'm like fangirling a bit. So this episode is going to be on trusting your gut and learning to listen to your inner voice, which I'm really excited to get to hear your uh, take on in a bit. But before we get into the topic, would you mind just introducing yourself a little bit to our listeners? what your background is, what you're up to these days, just so we can kind of get to know you. Yes, for sure. Um, so my name is Ariella Azaroff. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing in New York City. I work full-time at Manhattan Day School as director of mental health for fourth through eighth grade. I, I do a lot of professional development for teachers on various mental health in schools, in school counseling. And in addition to that, I also have a private practice a few evenings a week where I specialize in anxiety and depression for young adults. So usually 20s and 30s, millennials um, struggling with relationships, sense of self, sense of self-worth. I have a unique lens of, I I do use cognitive behavior therapy, so it's connecting the way we think, the way we feel, and how it affects how we behave. But I do a special focus on self-acceptance. So really noticing and identifying all parts of ourselves and accepting them without judgment or criticism or self-evaluating. Um, and I, I use a lot of mindfulness, a lot of taking a step back, noticing your thoughts, noticing your behaviors, and ways to calm ourselves down in, in a somatic sense of really checking in with where you're holding things in your body. Um, I always say our body holds the score. So really checking into just different sensations physically that translate as different messages that are coming your way. How would you define what that actually comes down to? What does that mean to listen to your gut? So... I think before we even jump into this, I think that we have to really acknowledge and validate that it's really hard to decipher 
what is your gut and what is anxiety. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. A gut feeling, right? When you say a gut reaction, it's literally your gut. You know, they talk about like gut health and good things to eat for your gut. It's that innermost part of you that kind of sets alarms off when there's danger or when there's something that doesn't feel quite right. But that feeling can feel very similar to anxiety. So for those of you listening, you know, you can try and tap into maybe something you've been through or something you're currently in that you're having a hard, try, hard time deciphering which is which. So the way that I think we really break down what is, what is our gut and what is anxiety, the very basic difference is the gut is really a reaction grounded in your experience and your observation of people right? It's something that your inner, inner voice is kind of setting an alarm that something doesn't quite feel right. So can you give an example? Yes. So an example of a gut reaction would be if you are on a date. If you're on a date and the guy says something that just doesn't sit right or it sets off some type of alarm inside of you, right? That's a reaction to what somebody is saying. Now, anxiety presents very differently because anxiety is when your mind takes you really focusing on the future. Your anxiety is taking you to future, future worries. But the gut feeling is really when it comes back to a specific situation, right? A specific something that the person said or something that the person is kind of bringing up in you. That's pretty like nuanced. That's hard to identify. Very, very nuanced. And I have many clients and friends and you know, I've moved through different things in my life where it's so complicated to know what is my gut and what is anxiety. I think a big part of a gut reaction, right? When we think about, about what is our gut, it's about listening. We first have to have this understanding that we are worthy and we are smart. We have the answers. But I think along the way, we become conditioned to listen to other people for answers. We become conditioned to think that other people hold the truth. To really be aligned with your gut, you really have to trust yourself. I'm better now at like understanding what it is that my gut is saying, but it feels like it's coded a lot of times and a lot of fears and worries. And so I need to like seek validation. So even if I know what, what my decision is going to be, I almost need other people to tell me it's okay to choose that. Like, and again, people who I love and trust and who have my best interests at heart, but it is hard to kind of grow up just with feeling like, oh, I don't need to always outsource. You know, I can kind of just like look in her and say, no, I, I know what I want. I love, I love that you just hit on that because I think that we have to look at what makes it hard for us to trust our gut, right? What, what gets in the way? What's like the, the dirt or the, the parts of us that don't really service us? What, what gets in the way that we're, we have this kind of need to seek reassurance or validation, right? So mm -hmm. that's like if you're dating somebody and you're unsure, so you ask everybody around you, right? And, you, and it's normal to introduce the person you're dating to people around you. But if there's a part of you that you feel you're looking for so much assurance and so much validation, that's a very clear sign. I heard someone say once that sometimes looking for the sign is the actual sign. And I was kind of thinking before um, some, some reasons why we struggle to listen to our inner voice. And I think a major part of it is our core belief about ourselves. You know, so I, I like to define core belief as the, your lens, like your prescription of the world. You know, we all have, we go to lens crafters or Warby Parker, you know, mm -hmm. and you get your prescription for your glasses. So your core beliefs are just different experiences moving from childhood all the way to adulthood that you continuously build of what is your narrative about yourself? Mm -hmm. Have I received messages that I'm not smart? Have I received messages that I'm not worthy? I have many clients that have received messages that their parents or their 
rabbi or their mentor knows better. Right. So they then move through the world with not a clear sense of self and a major mistrust with self because that's what that's what's been conditioned for them. And it's interesting because when you're giving an example of glasses, sometimes we don't even realize how much it taints our view of everything. Like we might think, okay, fine, maybe I don't like feel great about my body, but that's just my body. You might not realize that how you view yourself is actually impacting a lot of different areas also. Completely. How do you recommend working through that? Meaning, let's say you're struggling with something and you're not sure, is it my anxiety? Is it my gut? How do you help like parcel out what it is that's getting in the way there? The only way that we can really get in touch with our bodies and, and notice kind of what's going on is when we quiet things around us, right? So when we quiet the voices and when we quiet the noise, no music, no talking on the phone, when you really create space for quiet or else we're just on autopilot, right? Especially right. in New York City, it's like boom, 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 boom. It's like you're always busy, right? And your AirPods are on when you're on the train and you're, you're never stopping. So when you take a step back, you connect with yourself that's when that inner voice can come up. You know, if you make challah, the most active part of challah baking is when you just let the dough be, right? When you just like put mm -hmm. it aside and it needs to rise. You don't touch it, you don't do anything. That's really mindfulness, right? When you just let something be, that's when the most activity comes. That's when the most action comes. Sometimes it could almost feel like depending on how ingrained a certain anxiety or view we have, right? Or belief that we're holding, like a certain negative core belief, that can sometimes feel like that is my gut. You know what I'm saying? Depending on how long you've been practicing it. A way to decipher if it's gut or anxiety mm -hmm. is that a lot of times if it's a gut reaction, I think it will bring you back to a specific situation or person. Whereas anxiety kind of carries you into the future, right? And you feel kind of like tension in your stomach and your heart is beating fast and you have sweaty palms, right? And mm. it starts to be feel tension in your head and kind of notice what are the thoughts. Are the thoughts about the future or are the thoughts bringing you back to a specific situation that that person did? So for instance, and on a date, I'm making this up. I went yeah. on a date with a guy and talking about his exes you know he kept talking about girls he's dated in the past and he was speaking so negatively about them he would praise me and tell me that i'm so beautiful and i'm like no one else and it felt like nice but there was something that's not sitting right for me when you're in this quiet space you're able you're able to identify is it the thing that he said or am i anxious about the future you know but i actually i spoke about this the other day on instagram that i think i wrote something like what if we were to hold other people's opinions as perspective and our opinion is truth. So when you go to a mentor, right, or you go to a rabbi, you go to your parent, and you're telling them what's going on, they're gonna give you all of their perspective. Right. But you hold your truth. There's space to talk things out, right? The therapist, with the, whoever it is, whoever the people who are trustworthy and who have proven to be trustworthy in your life, there's space for sure to get some wisdom. But I think what, what come, at the end of the day, what propels you forward and to be in touch with your, what feels right for you is to take those parts and sit with it, but to not to make any decision until you're in touch with yourself. I think it's hard to navigate. Even when I recognize that what I want is different than the perspective that I got, if it's someone that I really love and respect, I think that's when it gets so hard to still follow my gut. So if it's just like a random person on a one-off thing that I was venting to, it's easy to say, okay, fine. With dating and let's say parents, you know, or relatives who let's say don't approve of someone or give an opinion and really makes you think and second guess. So then how do you navigate? Should I 
really take what this person's saying because I know that they know and love me or follow what I think at this point in time? That's a really, really good question. And I think the way, I think the way to access that is to ask yourself, what is my relationship with myself? Truly, before you could be in a relationship, before you could be, you know, or after a breakup and you're in a healing journey, first you have to really get to know yourself. And your narrative and your self-talk to yourself has to be positive. Now, unless you've been in situations where you thought you could trust yourself and you couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Mistakes are directional. So that, that, that teaches you something, right? Mistakes are kind of, I always say mistakes are kind of like bookmarks of kind of like rerouting, you know, in ways it's like, recalculating your route, right? It's just recalculating your way. So you could have a time that you maybe didn't listen to your gut and that's just redirecting you of, okay, I've got to learn that. You know, I learned the hard way. You have to have a healthy relationship with yourself and you have to feed yourself healthy thoughts. So I think good language to use is, is really stating your truth, right? So we always want to start from a place of I. When you're setting a boundary with somebody, you could say, I really appreciate your time, you know, because maybe you talked it out ad nauseum with this person and then you're mm-hmm. like not going with what they say. Right. So I think it's really about saying, I really appreciate your time. And I so appreciate that you care so much about me. I've given us a lot of thought and this is my truth. When you feel you have clarity after making a decision that's stemming from your gut, that is your answer. That is your answer that you've moved through listening. Are there ways that you would recommend you could even like practice trusting yourself? You know, there's this app called I Am and it sends you little um, affirmations throughout the day. I I am smart. And I think that when you work on that, that's what really helps you get in touch. Meaning because you, you build that sense of self that you're talking about. And then I guess you've like built up hopefully enough credit that when you have a decision, you like have that on replay of like, no, but I'm smart and I'm capable, et cetera, to handle oh, that next choice. Repetition, repetition rewires the brain. Right? Okay. So neuroscience shows that when you repeat certain words or when you repeat certain mantras, that's literally how it rewires the brain. So often mm. in trauma work, uh, in, in, in self-acceptance work, I'll have clients kind of like repeat their truth and repeat their mantra when they're trying to work through a trauma they've been through. So even if it's in the morning or you have a sticky note you put on your mirror, you know, or if it's in your car or whatever it is, it's between you and yourself, whatever you need to pump yourself up. Maybe you need a friend to remind you. So you reach out to a friend that's shown up and trustworthy. And you mm-hmm. say, well, can you remind me? I am smart. I am worthy. You know, sometimes you need that to recondition your brain. And I actually also think that what I would recommend is, you know, kind of setting that boundary with somebody else is that you saying to yourself, this is my truth to yourself, whether that's journaling mm-hmm. or whether it's in your own meditation, right? There's a million apps I can recommend, but you restating your truth. My truth is that there's something about this guy that doesn't feel right. And it's so hard for me to even say this, like, it's okay to acknowledge. I don't want this to be true. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. Like so often you don't want to listen. So often you just want to be wrong. Yeah. And you want to write off as anxiety. You're just anxious, but no, when we really take that gut seriously and we create space for it to be an option for this relationship to not work is a very scary. I mean, that's, we can't minimize that. That's a very, very scary feeling. But if you're even entertaining it, that's information. Or even if you're just, if you're just questioning certain things, and your baseline isn't anxious, right? I think that's also important to go to your history. Are you an anxious person? Yeah. If you're an anxious person, yes, you need to talk about the professional. If you're not an anxious person and you're not hypervigilant and this is just coming up for you, 
you need to check that. No, that goes back to what you said in the beginning also that like kind of knowing yourself. So knowing your patterns that if this is something you do cyclically in every relationship, then, then that's kind of on you. You have to like work through that a bit. I think a big piece here, and this is also a whole topic in itself, but when you, you know, if you've been dating for a while, you always want to ask yourself if you're feeling from a place of a healing identity or if you're feeling from a place of a victim identity. Victim identity is when you're going into the next relationship what are you leading with? Are you leading with all the stuff you've been through, how you've been so mistreated? Or are you leading with healing? Are you leading with, okay, I'm coming into this new and excited and I'm not going to lay out everything I've been through. Can you flush out a bit more? Like, let's say you're not saying anything, you're not putting it out there necessarily, but maybe that's comparing him quickly to or her quickly to a bad relationship. Like, what does that look like? The reason why I bring that up is because when you're trying to look at your history, right? You always want to go into a relationship with a healing identity new. Right. When you come in clean, you're creating space for this person to have a new chance. But when you're coming in with that victim identity, you're leading with all the things I've been through, all of the trauma I've been through, and you're kind of setting yourself up to feel more anxious. But when you're giving it a clean slate, that's when you can really properly assess, well, how do I feel as I move through this relationship? I feel like that's hard because I think as humans, we hope that we learn from previous mistakes in relationships. And so it gets very easy to think, you know, for the next day, like, oh, I'm going to have, you know, my radar on this time. I'm not going to get hurt this time. And it's hard to go into it with a healing perspective, like you're saying, if we're trying to be vigilant to not make a mistake like we did last time. So how would you balance that? that. I love that to have you're so deep because I think the work there is to create a self-compassionate voice for the anxiety, right? So when the anxiety comes up of, well, be careful, you got hurt last time, protect Mm -hmm. yourself. It's kind of saying like, okay, I see you, I hear you, and I'm okay. You don't want to shove it away. You don't want to say, shut up, get out of here. Mm -hmm. You want to say, okay, I see you and I hear you. Right. You know, I think of, um, I I have a mentor who said this once, like a woman was pushing her three-year-old in the stroller and he was having a tantrum. And she was mortified. Like she was so embarrassed. Can you imagine? And she just said, like, I see you, I hear you. There's so many feelings. It's going to be okay. I see you and I hear you. And I love that visual because what if that's how we responded to our anxiety? Like, I see you, I hear Like a little three-year-old. Think of, like, the cutest three-year-old. You want to embrace them. You're not going to say, shut up. You're not going to say, get it. Like, you're going to embrace it with, like, so much love and compassion. I see you and I hear you and it's okay. So that heart is coming up. That hypervigilance is coming to protect you. Right. As you move through the relationship, and there's still stuff coming up. It's saying, okay, these are red alerts. Let's tease it out. I love that you're connecting that to your thoughts because if you just recognize even your anxieties are really there as a form of protection, I mean, they have to kind of be soothed a little bit, but once you can kind of break down and say, I'm not in danger now, I'm okay. So then hopefully you can let that like move through you and not like cling to you. I'll add also sometimes practicing self-trust is even with like little silly decisions where there's low risk. People that are always seeking validation, I think will seek it with no matter what they're debating on. So it could be big, could be small, and maybe just even like taking a small decision that comes your way, which happens every day and saying, I'm not asking anyone. I'm just going to make the choice here can be helpful. And seeing that it turned out fine, you know, like, so the same way you kind of build that toolbox of listening to yourself a little bit. Yes. And, you know, I was sitting with somebody today and they were texting uh, one of the supervisors at school and she was asking me like, what do you think I write? Should I write this? I texted my, I texted my husband, I should write this. And my friend said, I should write this. Yeah. When you feel yourself screenshotting conversations, really, <laughs> them, yeah. 
that's when you've got to say, hold up, what yeah. am I doing, <laughs> right? I've been there, we've all been there, Yeah. right? Or like if you're dating somebody and they write you something and you screenshot, and you're like, how should I respond? What should I respond? And yeah. I slam on the brakes, hold on, whoa. Yeah. What am I doing here? I am so disconnected from myself. Like, wow, I really don't trust myself to even write back to a text. Exactly what you're saying, Zahab, I love that, is to start with like very basic things. You walk into Starbucks, you know if you should get a skinny vanilla latte or pumpkin latte? Mm-hmm. You decide that moment. You know, I, I'm in the mood for a skinny latte. I'm not going to text my friend, what should I get? I know what I want. Even when you, you know, when you start to kind of like text something or you feel yourself screenshotting and you stop yourself, that is growth, my friends. The text example is so legit because I haven't really touched base with so many guys about this, but I know from a girl's perspective, your closest friend is like secretly editing a lot of your messages. You're the one dating the person. Like you should be able to communicate with them without worrying so much. Even the initial thought of, I'm going to screenshot this to my friend because she's better at banter. That's putting yourself down. That's saying, I'm not funny. I have no flow. I have no game. But when you say like, oh, I'm going to take a shot at this, right? <laughs> Think about the difference. So you're, you're, there's a building block for saying you've got this. If you take anything away from this podcast, this is it. Start creating self-trusting habits. Another question that was sent in is specifically when it comes to shadchanim or people trying to set you up, there is a guilt in saying no to someone, whether it's physical looks, whether it's personality. So are there any parting lines you'd be able to say in terms of how to communicate that once you know someone's not for you? Whoever asked this question, I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's so important because I do think that in the dating system, there are different um, like unspoken laws or truths that don't align with your truth. Yeah. One of them is that, first of all, first of all, whoever sent this in, guilt never services us. Never. Guilt and shame are, are two behaviors that will never help us. So recognizing I feel guilty, recognizing your truth, really getting my truth is that I'm just not interested. And when you're trying to set a boundary with somebody who's difficult, right? And there are difficult people in this world, <laughs> pushy, shadchanim, right? Yeah. Pushy, pushy people, just pushy people that make you feel like they know better. But it's coming back to that, I know. And when you know yourself, you're moving through this world so much more solid, right? Such such a more solid sense of self. So being able to say something along the lines of, I really appreciate your help. It's amazing how much you care about me. I just don't feel this is for me. Oh, but just give it a shot. Really repeating, repeating yourself. I really, I so appreciate it. I've just, I've given given this some thought. It's not for me. I think it gets hard when... There might not even necessarily always be a reason. Like you said, you just know I'm not feeling it or it's not for me. I've had some friends that are really great in saying like, that's fine. Like, you know yourself. So I think it's sometimes hard when it's just like, I just, I can't explain it, but it's not, it's going to be a no for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I think people are like, well, how do you know if you don't know what the reason is or you can't explain to me what the reason is? I think sometimes there's value in maybe expressing, you know, or, or redirecting or redefining what it is you're looking for to give them a better sense. Right. Because right? then you're also just kind of clarifying for yourself. But it almost sounds, and I don't want this to sound too intense, but it almost sounds like a bully, right? It's yeah. like, well, why not? Tell me why not. Sometimes it's just a feeling is enough. Sometimes I'm not in this space today right now is okay. But when someone enters your life as if they know better, and I, we've, we've had many situations like that in life, right? That someone enters your life and say, you have to date him, or you have, to, if you don't date him, you're crazy, right? That's harsh, really harsh thing to say to someone. And then it makes you doubt yourself. Then you spiral, oh my gosh, am I crazy? Should I be dating him? Why did I say no to him? But then when you take a step back and you take that breath and you really think, hold on, let me come back to myself. Let me come back to my truth. 
And the truth is like, it's just, I just don't think it's for me and that's all. Yeah. So I'm curious what you'll say to this and then we'll start wrapping up. One thing that I think a lot of people struggle with with dating is when you're trying to be open-minded, what I find to sometimes be like a dangerous rhetoric is the, you never know. You know what I'm saying? People say like, well, look at this person. They, you know, they met someone who, you know, lived across the world and they met on an app. That I think is so hard to balance being open-minded and dating while also listening to yourself. For every example that you have, there's like always an opposite one. You know what I'm saying? For every example, people that met in a crazy way, there's people who met in a very normal way. There's no truth necessarily in what will or won't work for people. And I think that gets very hard to navigate and feel like, well, what if I'm turning down the one or the potential? Yes. I think, I think my answer to that is the following. When you view the world from a spiritual perspective, right? You see the world is happening for you and not to you. So when you look at different suggestions being presented to you as things that are happening for you, you're gathering information about yourself. So going through resumes, whether online or, you know, just being sent to you or suggestions that you're getting calls about, really take it one guy at a time. I think to just say, you never know. You don't just say yes to everybody. Then you have no boundaries and you're burned out. No. But I think about really assessing each person, like really taking a mindful moment and looking through and thinking before just saying no and before just saying yes. I think it's hard to just say you never know to everything. And it's hard to, when you say you're open, what are you being open to? I like that way of looking at it because there sometimes comes a point, let's say if you're getting like two or three, you know, suggestions in a row that are like really not on the mark, it's hard to view that as information coming your way because you're almost like, what am I putting out there that people keep sending me? You know, like you're kind of wondering why are people not getting it more on target? And then you kind of shut down a bit and think it must be something I'm doing as opposed to, no, it's an opportunity to see or gain clarity on something. Like you said, that's information coming your way. When you personalize it, that's it. You have the anxious mind. Mm-hmm. When you personalize ideas as something wrong with you, you're uninvited. You know, Lana Smore said song, you are uninvited. That is an uninvited thought. Like that is not helpful. Why is that information about you? Right. Totally not. The more you depersonalize, the lighter you can move through life right? The, le- the, the less you kind of get in your head, oh my God, why is it, do I look like that? Like, don't even go there. And I think that's honestly, I think the importance of mindfulness and the practice of it is it helps you learn that you observe your thoughts and you don't attach them. Because we have running thoughts all day. Oh my God, if I were to play the movie of my mind, it would be a bestseller, right? It would make no sense, but it'd be a bestseller, right? Yeah. It's like always on the <laughs> Yeah. I think that when you allow yourself to just, it's just a thought. Okay, swipe it. You know how we swipe all day? Yeah. Our messages, swipe up, swipe up. Like, you're, okay, it's a thought, swipe it. We'll end with either a funny dating story or your favorite piece of advice or even both. Okay. I think I'm going to share my uh, number one advice for all my ladies out okay, there. Let's hear it. When working through a breakup, you always want to be the girl that got away. And what I mean by that is that when you break up with somebody or whether you broke up, broke off a wedding, an engagement, uh, whether you're divorced, whatever it is that you're, there's a finality to a relationship to really resist reaching out to your ex, really resist feeling bad for yourself, holding your head high, really trying to spread light and to heal, to embrace in the healing journey instead of being stuck in a victim identity. You always want to end relationships with, with men as the girl that got away is enabling you to start that next chapter on, on a healthy and positive note. 
Thank you so much. I feel like I was getting a therapy session and all these other listeners are going to hear it. Tell us how people can get in touch with you and follow you and find out more about your awesomeness. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you for having me. First of all, to have a keep spreading your light. You can find me on Instagram. I love posting. I try and post some inspo relatable content every day. Um, my name is A-R-I-E-L-L-A-A-Z as in zebra, A-R-A-F as in Frank, L-C-S-W. And you can check me out there and feel free to DM me. Let me know what you're interested in hearing. And thank you for listening. Of course. Thank you so much for being with us this evening and sharing so many really important messages on the topic of getting to know yourself better and listening to your inner voice and gut. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. I hope you found this episode helpful and that it provided clarity in this area. Maybe you are someone that struggles with decisions or maybe you have a decision going on right now that you just need help with figuring out where those emotions and thoughts are coming from and how to make sure you're giving a platform to the right voice, to your voice. So thanks again, guys, for listening and until next time.